This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, Indian stocks now settle on a T plus one cycle, while Indian scandals are settling on T plus forever as the holy hoax Colo scandal rages on. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 134. Day, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter. The unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. In what the Hindu newspaper has aptly termed the holy hoax, NSE's Colo scandal took on a yet more bizarre turn this week when India's CBI determined that the Himalayan mystic guiding the then NSE CEO was in fact none other than Anand Subramanian, the controversial beneficiary of Chitra Ramkrishna's promotions. Hence, at least it may now be clear just why the guru kept recommending the elevation of Subramanian in the NSE hierarchy. Indian media went gaga once again at this arrest and promptly showed a photo of former NSE CEO Ravi Narain, labelled as Subramanian himself. At least they haven't mixed up Chitra Ramkrishna yet. Anyway, determining that the Himalayan yogi who proposed employment and pay rises for Anand Subramanian was in fact Anand Subramanian, took the CBI longer than a builder can knock a hole in the wall, but it was still impressive work compared to, say, the resolution of the NSEL fiasco. Naturally, Subramanian's laptop appears to be missing too, and that raised questions over at the multi-commodity exchange where there may be similar data storage issues pertaining to many Indian exchanges where there's been a penchant for destroying executive laptops, data and all. And indeed, in the case of Mr. Subramanian, it seems his laptop is currently missing. On a happier exchange note, the stock markets this week rolled out a T plus one settlement cycle in India, which regulators SEBI had permitted last September. Indian scandals, frauds and such like will continue, such as NSEL, to be settled on a T-plus forever basis, we presume. However, one side effect of the NSE Colo holy hoax could be the very notion of the stock exchange duopoly concentration, which has long been favoured by SEBI. Today, the National Stock Exchange of India commands a breathtaking market share of 93% in cash equities, 100% of cash equity futures, 94% of equity options and, well, by comparison, only 73%, still a crushing monopoly, of currency derivatives. Apart from NSE, investors and traders have really only one solid option, the BSE, the former Bombay Stock Exchange. 
Now, I have long railed against the SEBI policy to extinguish exchange competition in India by essentially forcing out of business many of the almost two dozen regional exchanges which once operated. If a result, a byproduct, if you will, of the recent NSE Colo guru folly is to see a U-turn in this horribly flawed SEBI monopoly policy, it will be a very good thing indeed. Albeit, many will be reluctant to enter or re-enter the market given the capricious eccentricities of the Indian national regulator. Exchange Invest is the daily must-read by the most influential figures operating the world's best markets. We invite you to join the exclusive group of Bourse bosses and other C-suite executives who make Exchange Invest the exchange of information, their daily business intelligence guide to markets the world over. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me. Patrick at derivativesvision.com. In the Middle East, the Kuwait Bourse are planning derivatives trading amid a push for more IPOs. European issuers, they welcome the European Commission's initiative on an EU listing act. In fact, that's a no-brainer to try and help CMU, that's Capital Markets Union, a dream in the European Union for the course of the last 10 years, to exist meaningfully. The problem is the European Union generally can separate wheat from chaff with alacrity, then spend five years legislating for the chaff. Hopefully, the European Union will finally get something right and deliver some coherent CMU framework. Meanwhile, full marks to European issuers for doggedly pursuing something which might be a proxy for capitalism if the European Union can somehow curtail its inherent corporate socialist ethos. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Meanwhile, we are not going to dwell on the horrible happenings in the Ukraine this week. But we did note that the London Metals Exchange said some members may have positions subject to sanctions. Frankly, ladies and gentlemen, it would be a bad day for LME if ever members do not have exposure to sanctioned entities when there is a major dislocation like last week's hostilities. Speaking of major dislocations, it's been a year since the City of London's love affair with the London Stock Exchange Group abruptly soared. Xavier Rolle was far from perfect, but he was a rock star at communication compared to the current LSEG CEO out of his depth, Dave. Then again, investors had adopted a fallacious herd belief that the LSEG stock could only go up while ignoring the fact that execution and integration had become disaggregated behind what amounted to facile hype. There is decent value in the core execution franchises of LSEG. The problem is the company probably needs to write down Refinitiv to zero and start again, which is going to prove a challenge as it means mass decapitation. Indeed, there was an exciting point in an article in the Times this week where they imputed that out of his depth Dave has to beat investors' expectations to return to favour. That investors maintain expectations that LSEG or indeed ODD can achieve anything as opposed to being, well, a dead man walking and a corporate entity in need of a major write-down. 
points to an ongoing refusal amongst investors to realise the peril that the refinitive madness has left the LSEG in. While the LSEG board itself must bear a certain amount of culpability for the numptiness of the course of the last few years, on the topic of numpty boards beyond compare, this week saw the TPI cap share price dropping below a billion pounds and through 120 pence. It was around 116 pence as this issue was being recorded of the IPO vid, start again, of the Exchange Invest podcast. TPI cap stock is a far cry from the £4.92 they attained in only 2018. And certainly, there must surely be calls for action across the C-suite and the board by now. One C-suiter doing a marvellous job this week was the FACI Director General Rainer Rees. He issued a passionate creed de cour, defending his markets, venues and seeking to implore some common sense from the EU as the worry is that the European Union's markets are going to bend once again to the forces of darkness and banking et al. when it comes to the Mifid Review proposal. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at US$200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. On to results. Well, at the top of the parish, the Hong Kong Exchange, they announced a record revenue up 9% with profits attributable to shareholders up 9% as well and EBITDA of 11%. Coinbase, they crushed expectations, but the stock still sank as they reported a slower start to the new year. In new markets this week, Ghana will launch a dedicated green bond exchange and a Philadelphia-based sports betting market. Sport Trade has gained access to the Louisiana and Indiana markets, expecting an early 2023 launch in Indiana. In deals this week, S&P Global and IHS Market, finally they reached the ultimate hurdles. Approval has been given across the board for their merger and it promptly closed on February the 28th, 2022, creating a data titan. The Japan Exchange Group, they have invested in digital asset markets. They're the people who are selling the Mitsui Gold Token, a crypto asset exchange in Tokyo. Valerium, in which, of course, I happen to have a vested interest as executive director, they've exercised an option to move to 90% of the Gibraltar Stock Exchange, with final transfer, of course, subject only to the Gibraltar Financial Services Commission's approval. As of now, Valerium has a stake of 50% already paid for, making for exciting times. Clearly, the macro environment is dampening the progress of stocks in the parish right now. But as we look to emerge from under the cloud of Ukraine, 
And indeed, while Valerium awaits regulatory permission for the Gibraltar Stock Exchange transaction, the future looks very, very bright indeed. Over in Luxembourg, the Luxembourg Stock Exchange announced that they have sold their interest in FE Fund Info and Fund Square. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in this podcast, if you're interested in Exchange Invest, you may also be interested in my current book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for a copy of Victory or Death to arrive, don't forget to check out our live stream Tuesdays at 6pm London. That's 1 o'clock New York time, 1900 CET, the IPO video live show. The live stream this week is going to be featuring Nigel Fetum. He's a renaissance fintecher, lawyer and a senior partner and a QC no less in Gibraltar at the leading law firm there, Hassans. Meanwhile, in Cryptoland this week, crypto exchanges have been blocking certain Russian users, but nonetheless, they've stepped back from a blanket ban on Russian counterparties. That strikes me, coming from the likes of Binance and Coinbase, as a pretty dumb strategic error by the new guys who are caught in a tricky position. Their transaction costs are high and there's a gold rush going on. Nevertheless, that's not a good way to gain the attention of Gary Gensler et al, just as the sanctions bandwagon is rolling against Russia. Product news this week. ICE have announced the first expiry in their Midland West Texas Intermediate American Gulf Coast Futures. 1.4 million barrels went to delivery in March. That's 1,400 contracts delivered after a healthy start on January the 27th of this year. The Chicago Mercantile Exchange, they're launching micro versions of their Bitcoin and Ether options, while retail investors in India will be able to trade US-based stocks via the National Stock Exchange of India's IFSC entity, that's in Gift City in Gujarat, from the 3rd of March under the liberalised remittance scheme limits. Rest of the world retail investors remain entirely shut out of the Indian market, alas. The Ethiopian Commodity Exchange finally this week in products, they're adding five new commodities to the trading floor. Vetch, grass pea and four spices, black cumin, coriander, black pepper, yellowish fenugreek and greenish fenugreek. Good luck with all those product launches. In technology, congratulations to Exchange Invest sponsor BMLL. They won Best Trading Analytics Platform at the 2022 Trading Tech Insight Europe Awards. NASDAQ, they've launched a fascinating facility, a universal test facility, no less, in partnership with Secretor. Nasdaq seeks to help us all test, test and test again. I was bemused this week to read a transatlantic survey revealing that office workers are tempted to resign over bad software. That struck a chord with me as I've been wading through legacy kit on various due diligence and integration projects of late and it's been fascinating to see just how supposedly digital but nonetheless legacy digital entities can now be held back by their own IT and indeed the stunning limitations in certain cases of their own IT staffing cohort. The Madras High Court, they're going to hear pleas against the MCX's payments to their 
ill-fated London IT developer that's taking place on March the 8th. Stockholders are not happy about payments being made. And finally this week, a brilliant innovation, the International Stock Exchange, that's the Channel Island Stock Exchange as it used to be called, they've launched a new trading system, Nova. It's the opening of their secondary market with their first auctions. Clearly somebody's been reading from the PLY mantra that illiquid markets need auctions much more than continuous trading. Good move from the Channel Islands. In regulation this week, the market is begging the European Commission for more time to mull euro-clearing proposals. Haste is the latest addition to the existing closed-mindedness, paranoia and panic in the Europeans' approach to clearing their beloved endangered delete as you prefer, euro currency. It's not a good look from any angle and it's a dreadful way to maintain confidence in the banking system, especially one underpinned by such a vacuous currency. Over in the USA, the founders of BitMEX, the cryptocurrency exchange, they pled guilty to Bank Secrecy Act violations and money laundering. Under the terms of their respective plea agreements, the founders, Hayes and Dello, each agreed to separately pay a $10 million criminal fine, representing pecuniary gain derived from the offence. After watching the Coinbase IPO while wandering the streets of New York City wearing an ankle bracelet, Arthur Hayes will presumably be relieved to get away with only a fine, even if it is $10 million. That's at the same time as the US SEC's top enforcer said a crypto company amnesty is not on the table. That left Exchange Invest this week scrambling to ascertain just how large an orange jumpsuit inventory has been allocated to the crypto clampdown. We'll keep you posted. Over in the UK, the financial watchdog has a problem. Last month, FCA employees voted in support of industrial action in a non-binding ballot in response to a planned transformation programme being pushed by the watchdog's new boss, Nikhil Ratti. Rest of regulators are considering striking and following in the footstep of the London Underground's tube drivers. Of course, if the UK government had a backbone or any strategic nice, they would use the prevailing infrastructure and automate the underground. Then again, when it comes to financial regulation, if government had backbone and strategic nice, well, I wonder. Career paths this week, the Thai Bourse has reappointed as set precedent for a second turn, Pakorn Pitathawachai to continue his position. Lots of interesting articles coming out of India this week as well. They were looking back on the hits and misses of AJ Tiagi as SEBI chairman while applauding the arrival of Madabi Puri Buch as the new chairman of SEBI for a term of three years. Very interesting, the former banker Buch. Her appointment has been hailed by the market as a refreshing change from the bureaucratic stranglehold over the market regulator's office. In the three decades of its existence, SEBI has always been headed by an Indian civil servant. So thus, Mrs. Buch becomes the first woman and the first person from the private sector ever to be appointed to a senior SEBI post. We live in hope this might involve even a modicum of reform from the central planning mindset of India's financial regulatory body. Speaking of central planning mindsets, Putin has no idea what's coming. 
the US president has said while himself admiring the drapes and pondering how his office seemed to have grown to allow about 1,200 people in during the course of the State of the Union address this week. The worry about gerontocracy used to be that Soviet leaders were aged fossils and thus more likely to loose off a nuke because their lifespan could be measured in hours. Right now, when it comes to having no idea what's coming, we appear to have a worrying stalemate between Mad Vlad and Joe Brezhnev. With Joe Brezhnev in the White House and Vlad having gone mad according to the Western agate prop, it might be time to party like a Russian and forget our woes. At the same time, the Ukrainian government was on Monday of last week demanding immediate membership of the European Union. I'm minded to think the good citizens of that unfortunate country have suffered more than enough already. Certainly, it's the epitome of desperation during a wretched time for the people of the Ukraine. In reaction to that, Russian markets mostly been closed, but risk-loving Korean mom-and-pop investors piled a record amount of money into a Russia-linked exchange-traded fund as it sank following the invasion of Ukraine, prompting the ETF's operators to issue an alert. And in those mysterious and magnificent notes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, Executive Director of Valerian PLC and publisher of Exchange Invest, the daily bulletin of the bourse business. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.